Hey guys, it's Heaven from Just a Grown True Crime, and today I'm going to be telling you about this app called Anchor. It helped me start my podcast, and it can help you start yours. Anchor is a free app that lets you use it from your phone or your computer. So if you want to do it on the go, and you want to just record, you can record one. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more to get your own podcast out there. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you want in just one podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I did. What are you waiting for? Welcome back, guys, to Just a Girl and True Crime. I'm your host, Heaven. And today we're going to be talking about the third and final part of the Gabriel Fernandez story. And it's probably not going to be as long as the other two were. So I just want to hop right into it and get down to business. Because this case, uh, like I said before, it just, it just fucks me up a bit. Actually, not a bit, a lot. Because I have two children and I could never imagine doing what these awful parents did. Okay, sorry. My oldest is up, so it's actually daylight. And I'm a week off work, so I figured I'd podcast. So he was telling me, I'm watching the Switch, Mommy, so you can podcast. Alright, so let's just hop into it. Let me find my spot. Okay, so Asara was charged with first-degree murder, was special circumstances of torture for murdering Gabriel Fernandez. He ended up pleading not guilty. However, the jury ended up finding him guilty and recommended he be sentenced to death, which was accepted by Superior Court Judge George G. Lamel? Lamel. He was admitted to San Quentin State Prison on June 13, 2018, where he's currently awaiting his execution. However, his execution has yet to be set in accordance with the. I'm going to butcher this word. More. Ratorium? That's probably wrong. That just sounds wrong. On capital punishment issued by California Governor Gavin Newsom. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit more into Isar's trial. Um, Like I said, he ended up pleading not guilty to the charges. The case was prosecuted by Deputy District Attorney John Hatamai and Deputy District Attorney Scott Yang. In September 2017, the jury selection began for the case. Questionnaires were given to prospective jurors, and they were informed that the trial could last as long as six weeks. It's a long trial, but hey, it happens especially in cases like this. Um, additionally, they were told that the trial involved extensive internal and internal injuries of the victim. The jury 
the jury composition was seven women and five men. When the trial began, jurors were given details about the extensive abuse that Gabriel had went through in the months preceding his fatal death. Prosecutor John called Isaro pure evil and argued that he deserved the death penalty the death penalty even though it doesn't even compare what he did to Gabriel. And I get that because that you deserve worse than the death penalty, Asaro. I'm just putting that out there. Asaro's defense attorney John Allen argued that Asaro was considered to be kind and compassionate during his employment at the retirement facility and that he had never committed a crime before meeting Pearl Fernandez. Um, okay. The jury deliberation began on November 14th in 2017 and a verdict was reached the next afternoon. Ultimately, the jury found him guilty on first-degree murder, and they ended up finding him guilty as well of the circumstances of torture. Torture, yep. On December 11th in 2017, the jury began their deliberations for the sentencing phase. The next day, the jury told them that they were deadlocked, but however, on December 13th, they decided to recommend the death penalty, like I said. Um, so they at least they came to a conclusion. And now we're gonna talk a, we're gonna talk about one of his younger sisters. So they talked to one of his sisters, Elizabeth. And she testified that she does not believe he's responsible for the crime. And on her second day on the stand, Elizabeth told downtown L.A. jury, tasked with recommending whether Asaro should be put to death or spend the rest of his life in basically behind bars, she said she was aware that he was convicted of killing Gabriel on May 2013. But she doesn't believe that her brother was capable of committing this crime. Which is like, what? And now we're going to go to Pearls. That's all I really found on the SRs. But Pearls is shorter. But hers kind of makes me like... Oh, it infuriates me. Hold on, let me take a drink. All right. So, Pearl ended up pleading guilty on February 15th of 2018, the day after Valentine's Day. I was sitting there, I was like, wow, okay. Um, to change, to change, oh, I'm sorry. She pled guilty on the date I said to her charge as part of a plea deal. You heard that right, guys. Plea deal to avoid the death penalty and was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Honestly, this is my opinion. She should not have gotten a plea deal whatsoever. I feel she should be put on death row 
just like a sorrow because you played a part in your son's death and you tortured him just as well as a sorrow did and you should be on death row you should have never been given a plea why they gave her a plea i'm actually not 100 percent sure but she did take the plea probably because she didn't want to die hopefully in prison she um you know when she goes to sleep gabriel comes to visit her and she has to live with that for the rest of her life and so does the sorrow but i just hope it eats them up inside the whole time because it it's terrible but like i said that's my opinion in court pearl did she did make like a statement in the court and this is what she said i want to say i'm sorry for what happened i wish gabriel was alive every day i wish i made better choices i'm sorry to my children and i want them to know i love them and here's my opinion on that guys honestly if she actually was sorry she wouldn't have tortured and beat let me flip my page she wouldn't have tortured and beat her eight-year-old son gabriel i feel like is a it's a fake apology and you could take that fake apology pearl and you could shove it right up your butt because if you were sorry you wouldn't have literally did that to your child you wouldn't have made him eat cat litter you wouldn't have locked him in a cabinet or a cupboard you wouldn't have shot him with a bb gun you wouldn't have made him wear female clothes because you guys thought he was gay you just don't do that to a child you wouldn't have made him eat expired or spoiled foods you wouldn't have done none of that to your child if you were sorry so i feel it is a fake apology and you know you just didn't you just didn't want him like I, we talked about, I think in part one, where you didn't want him and you passed him off to family because you didn't want him at all. And you only saw him to gain welfare benefits. No, you're not sorry, Pearl. You're not at all. Okay. And that was her, that was her sentencing. Um, like I said, I couldn't find much on like the in-depth trials um obviously i'm assuming pearl didn't go through a trial because she pled guilty and with the sorrow i couldn't really find much either but that is what i found another person i said we were going to talk about in this final episode was gabriel's dad and his name is arnold contreras and this is what I found on him. Arnold couldn't, Arnold couldn't save his son Gabriel. When Gabriel was going through all the abuse by his mother and her boyfriend, um, Arnold was actually behind bars, and he only learned that his young son was being taken off of life support when told by a chaplain while in custody at the Riverside County Jail. The news of his son's death left Arnold devastated. 
I can tell you that he, as an Arnold, loved Gabriel, and he still loves him, Prosecutor John said in the series. I can tell you that he is heartbroken. I can tell you that he feels it's his fault, and if he was out of custody, he would have saved Gabriel. Arnold also testified that he always had been opposed to Gabriel living with Pearl, according to the local station of KABC. The two reportedly had had a troubled history, which included allegations that Pearl once threatened to stab Arnold. Alright, we're just going to let that sink in. Okay. Um, he also said the family won't, won't ever be the same. Arnold said on the stand of Gabriel's death, everyone... Everyone was affected. When John asked Arnold, I always, I just want to keep saying like Aaron, but it's Arnold. When he asked Arnold on the stand during Asar's trial what he would say to his son, um, if the oppor, like if he had like an opportunity, his message was simple. I'm sorry, he said, sorry for not being there. And. It's also said like that she neglected the other kids, but main the main focus was the main abuse and torture was just focused in on Gabriel and stuff like that, which is just sad because his the his siblings had to see that and see that they were mistreating him and they were small and there was nothing they could do and they were probably terrified just like Gabriel was probably terrified the one person you're supposed to trust and everything you know just when that happens you feel like you can't trust anybody in the world and you know and he, he told people and he he told his teacher and his teacher did the best she could to save to try to save him and you know she made the reports to DCFS and you know DP DCFS failed him as well um, by saying there was no abuse in the home and when they went to visit everything was fine the children the children said they were okay my thing is they were probably scared out of their minds they were probably terrified and who knows what they said, saying, if you say this and she leaves, you know, you you might get it or the same thing's going to happen to you. So they were traumatized. Gabriel was traumatized. I watched in the doc series uh, when the one lady was reading transcripts and they said, I, I don't know if it's true or not. Um, They said that, you know, Asara would tie up pearl and everything i mean don't they do a walkthrough in the home if i'm correct I, I i don't know guys i don't know um so yeah that's what arnold said arnold said his if you could talk to gabriel that's what he would say to him um, he also told the jurors after Gabriel was killed that he still has sleepless nights and remains devastated by the death. Local station 
KNBC reported during the trial. During his testimony, Arnold never made eye contact with Lazaro. I mean, I couldn't. I don't think I could be as strong as him, said John in the doc series. I couldn't sit in that courtroom. I couldn't do it because I would attack somebody. And you know what? I agree because if somebody ever hurt my children and I saw you in court, I might go to jail because I'm jumping over and I'm coming for you. That's just me. That my kids are my whole world. And I will protect them with everything I have. And I, like John said, I couldn't, I couldn't be like Arnold. And I know I myself couldn't be like that either because that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of balls to do that. Let me tell you guys. Alright, so like I said, so after Asaro was found guilty, John ended up finding Arnold in the courtroom and the two of them embraced as John broke down in tears. And when I saw the doc series, I mean, I cried the whole, most of the series. It was heartbreaking, but this really made it a lot worse because... I don't know, something seeing a prosecutor cry to the family, I mean, with the heartbreak and everything, is just, it's sad. And he's probably thinking, we got him, you know, we, we got him. And for them to have that moment, it was sweet. Um, I was so happy for Arnold, John said in the doc series, he was upset. At what happened to Gabriel he just felt so guilty and he also didn't believe in the system and I wrote my notes can you blame him the people who went to visit Gabriel were supposed to protect him and they didn't they failed and like I said we said before they claimed that there was no abuse that went on in the home um, but him also not believing the system wasn't just what happened to Gabriel. Um, it was things that also happened to him while he was in the system. And, you know, a lot of people have been in custody. The system really hasn't been kind to them. I'm assuming John said that. It didn't say who said that, but I'm assuming it was John. Um, John told Oxygen that he still remains in contact with Arnold, as well as Gabriel's cousins, siblings, uncles, and other relatives. And that's just freaking amazing. Good for John for, you know, keeping in touch. You, I can't imagine how hard you had to have worked on this case. And for you to, I, I've never heard of a prosecutor keeping up with the family after something like this. Um, and I, I just love it. I think that's great that he does that. Now, I told you guys when I first started this, I wanted to touch base on, well, real quick. So, that is the story of Gabriel Fernandez. Um, like I said in the beginning, there was another person I just wanted to touch base on, and... When I was reading, um, I actually found another one. 
so I want to touch base on them. I'm not going to go into their cases. I might do cases about them, but I'm not sure. So, to wrap this up, there are two other children who died from similar, similar circumstances, just like Gabriel's death. They were 10-year-old Anthony Alvos and 4-year-old Noah, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this last name, so hold on, I'm trying to think. Noah Cotro, and they um, were like 70 miles in the region from like downtown LA, like, so they weren't, they were kind of close to where Gabriel's happened, but they believe it was similar cases, similar cases, um, that they matched. Um, I haven't really looked into them, but rest in peace, Gabriel, Anthony, and Noah. My condolences to all of their families, um, especially the main one who the podcast was about. Like I said, my condolences to Gabriel's family because no child should ever go through that. Um, especially when people, when family, not not even people, when family were expressing concerns and trying to help. Teachers were trying to help. A whole bunch of people were trying to help, you know, and the system... In the basic way I can say it, the system failed Gabriel. Hopefully, hopefully I don't ever, ever, I don't, I'm, I lost my train of thought. This case was definitely hard for me. Um, like I said, in my first, it hit home. Um, because of my past, not into this, this bad of extent, um, but abuse was definitely in the home and stuff like that. So this case was so hard to do, but I wanted to get it out there for you guys. And why I took like a long pause at the, like from my last, from part two was just because I was like, I got to get this up. I want to. I want the story still told. I want people to remember Gabriel, who seemed like a sweet, loving, fun boy. And, you know, like I always say to people who do this, the children weren't asked to bring in, weren't asked to be brought into this world. You chose to have a child. Therefore, at the end of the day, you have a responsibility to raise that child and protect that child by any means necessary. And he didn't ask he didn't ask for any of the stuff he been through he went through and stuff like that. But like I said, this is probably gonna be a shorter one. Um tomorrow I will be uploading a case. We're gonna kinda do something a little spooky kind of clear our minds and everything about that um i think i'm gonna actually do the case i can tell you guys 
Um, we're going to be doing the case on Robert the Doll. I'm pretty sure some people have heard of it. Um, I found this person on TikTok who has haunted dolls. And I kind of want one. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want a haunted doll. I love anything paranormal. It intrigues me. I love it. I don't know why. It, it just fascinates me. So we're going to be doing Robert the Doll. I'm going to start my research as soon as I end this podcast. And it's going to be uploaded tomorrow for you. And then I might upload a case Saturday. But I don't know who I'm doing yet. So actually I do know who I'm doing. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll tell you who I'm covering in tomorrow's podcast. Um... I'm on Instagram if you want to follow me. It's all one word. It's all like one line. No caps. It's just a girl in true crime. You can join my Facebook group at just a girl in true crime. You can also email me at just a girl in true crime at gmail.com. Thank you so much for my listeners. Um, I appreciate all of you. And I will be talking to you guys tomorrow.